Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Yagmore Soap Opera, the classic-related podcast brought to you, the community. I'm Andy, and we're joined by the regular co-hosts, Zach and George. Uh, classic event fired this week, so we're going to have a look at the full breakdown of uh, decks in the event this week. Have a look at two breakout decks, um, Standstill and Fate Stitch Dredge. George is going to um, have a quick um, discussion of Standstill and show us some videos around um, the deck that went 3-1 and one in the daily event. We've got some goodness from Innistrad to have a look at and how those cards are going to impact Clank over the coming months. And, and George is going to, sorry, Zach is going to talk about his uh, success in the, in the player rung league, um, having a look at how he's doing and uh, progressing towards the finals. And we'll, we'll take some uh, feedback and, and have a real discussion around anything classic. So without further ado, we're going to move into the first daily event from the 11th of September. Definitely, yeah. So it looks like um, on the 11th of September, we did finally fire one, and that was also on the 10th anniversary, it looks like, of 9-11. So cool coincidence there. Um, Calavera, a clanmate, went 4-0, running what looks like Scorpio's list. And... Uh, Nothing really to say. It's a really sweet list. You know, it's been it's been doing well every time someone's played it. Um, you guys have anything to add on that? Um. Well, it is now two different people who have foroed with this list that is getting closer and closer to where you can't say is it a real deck. Yeah, I don't think that was really a problem. I mean, some people were like, "Wow, illusions, really!" But then when it successfully did well in a couple of different leagues and tournaments, I. I don't. I don't think that's in question anymore. Uh, and I don't either. I think that that just cements it, though. Yeah, agreed. <clears throat> I know our co-host is in the running for the Classic Quarter Player of the Year race, uh, so we're probably speaking out of turn here. But I would like to see X Scorpio take that down, just from the pure innovation that he's put into the format. Um, you know, putting uh, decks like Illusions into the money, the Hermit Druid deck. Um, the bargain spike deck. He's he's really kind of mixed things up and brought something new to the to the classic format. So uh, props to Scorpio, and uh, I'm, I'm not surprised other people are picking up some of the decks. And I think I mentioned when it, the, with the Illusions deck first hit that that people should take it serious and um, overlook it. And there was a lot of people who kind of um, whiffed at the the Hermit Druid deck in the in the beginning and just kind of laughed at it. But um, it showed time and time again that it was capable of making the money. So, yeah, cool, and it's nice to see a clan mate go uh, go four and zero. Agreed. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Hermit Druid list. Like Scorpio does build some really good decks. Um, it'd be nice for him if he won, but uh, honestly, I can't say that I want him to win more than I do. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, I still, I, I would, I would love to see George win as well, uh, just for the record. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what's happened to Sir Timmins. Um, I don't know if he's, uh, he's gone AWOL in the classic scene. There was a bit of, a uh, bit of a dispute on the, the points allocation for the race, and uh, since that dispute, I've not seen him in, in, in any of the events. Um, not seen him posting on, on the classic quarter, and uh, not seen him posting in the comments. So uh, if you're out there and you're listening. Uh, Show your face. We'd like to see you again. And um, yeah, really interesting to see that Timmons has kind of dropped off the radar. Do you think I'm reading too much into that, Jack? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really know all the story behind it, but I will say, you know, it's it's kind of odd not to see Timmons around because he was such a fixture for the whole year. So I I, I echo Andy's sentiment. It'd be nice to uh, see you pop your head in, bud. Um, yeah, 
Uh, I don't think it's, I don't really think it's reading into it. There, there was a dispute. Um, some people did not agree and see eye to eye. Some people were a little negative, which I apologize for. And, uh, yeah, if you do hear it, Timmons, you know, come back. There's no reason not to, unless it's because your new baby is taking up all your time. That's the other option, and congratulations on that one. There we go, some community loving. All right, um, so coming in second, we have Wild Dog, another clan mate, running Fate Stitcher Dredge, which we'll talk about a little bit more in depth later on. And uh, following up with that, we have uh, Angel of Righteousness with the standstill deck, which we'll also discuss a little bit more in detail. And then fourth, we've got Cat Weasel with Good Game Oath. She has dropped the second Voltaic key from her deck and added Cabal Therapies as well as Gitaxian Probes. Balance. And, and, and balance. Card. Yeah, balance. And, and not to the fish decks. Definitely. And her her sideboard has uh, two lightning bolts and two fire spouts for the fish decks. Seems pretty. And good. blazing archon as well, which seems awesome. Yeah, definitely a big nod to the fishies. Um, and then the last list we have is X Scorpio with Hermit Druid. Yep. So he brought back the Lord of Extinction, Giant Solifuge, Mimeoplasm combo, and uh, wrecking a little face with that. So. Very cool. Big fan and of this deck. Yeah, there's been some talk uh, on on the classic quarter about how this deck could uh, could evolve post Innistrad as well, um, with the the um, laboratory maniac. Yep, laboratory maniacs. I think that card. You know, we've already talked about it. It's going to have a pretty big effect. So, I think that's one of the reasons that uh, M Mog came out. I think it was yesterday night or maybe early this morning, and said we're going to have a little break between two and three seasons. They're going to run a special event that you know I'd like to give a nod to. I think they're doing what is it, an Iron Man tournament? Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. So that'll be cool. They're doing that, I think, in an attempt. Uh, I was speaking with them yesterday and. Uh, you know, Danger Lento brought up a good point that it'd be kind of nice to wait until post Innistrad, so some of these cards that we're talking about can have a big effect on the metagame. I mean, it, it's, it's totally different before you have Laboratory Maniac and uh, Snapcaster Mage than after. Yeah, definitely. So the, the Steel Cage event that's being badged as will be uh, single elimination. So you'll, uh, you'll pitch your decks up against... Uh, players in the format and uh, if you win uh, you get through to the next round and if you lose you go home so uh, 25 tickets for the winner winner takes all and uh, fight to the end seems like a great idea and something that should happen much more often yeah and I, I, it's going to be really cool to uh, I think it's going to be a whole different mentality I know every tournament the point, the point is to always win right but you need to have a deck that's going to perform well against the field, and you got to kind of, like, diagnose what you expect the metagame to be. Like, the last two tournaments, it's been really body-oriented, a lot of creatures. Um, you guys have any idea what you're thinking about playing in that, or too far um, off? Well, I'll say this. If you, if you cannot pick up a loss and you expect to win, I do not expect there to be any workshop decks at all, which means Playstorm. Really, I think that's interesting. Um, but workshops, yeah. workshops cannot consistently beat fish. They can't even like consistently uh, get it to fifty-fifty. 
So if the goal is to win every single round, smart players will not play workshops. Yeah. People will people will always play workshops, I feel. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. I get the logic, but I think there will still be a good representation of what has been for a long time one of the top decks in the format. And, and then you have the counter-thinking, too, Andy, like the guys who are saying, you know, George is saying, if you're a smart player, you will not play shop. Well, so what does that mean? Most players are going to be playing uh, maybe something that's going to be fish, if everyone knows that, and then, bam, shop's immediately a good play again. Uh, I suppose so, but then you still have to worry about getting matched up with fish. But at any rate, seems like it'll be pretty cool, and I will maybe try Oath, I guess. I, you cool. know what? What are you thinking about, Andy? Well, I'm going to play in this event. I'm going to play a deck that has been brewed behind closed doors or beginning to be brewed behind closed doors in, in the Classic Clan. So I don't want to say too much about the deck I'm going to play, but needless to say, it's going to be running a lot of cards that we don't see very often in, in, in Classic format. So uh, I won't say any more at this stage, um, but yeah, I'll be rocking up to the event, I think, uh, with a, a fairly budget-oriented deck. I, 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 I like the idea, Andy. I gotta admit, I really think I'm going to do something that's totally counter to everything I've talked about um, in the past, like with what I'd play and what I wouldn't play. I'm really thinking about porting over my favorite deck in Legacy and porting it to make it classic viable, and that's uh, Deed Still. I'm really, really, really thinking about it, because that is a deck that I think, with proper, you know... Manipulation, like the adding of the proper cards to the deck. Um, won't say which, you know, a lot of restricted cards and stuff like that, but I think that deck is such a house. That card in speci specifically, first, it's going to get a lot of mana. Not a problem. I, I like the matchup against shops. It's also running like Wasteland Loam and stuff like that. Add Strip Mine to it, make it good. But the other part is Pernicious Deed against all these creature decks. Seems good. Uh, I'll agree with that. So, I also, you know, in, in Legacy, one of the things about the deck that I love is that it can match up head-to-head -head with super-fast combo decks like Ad Nauseam and uh, uh, Reanimator and stuff like that. And what I'm thinking about is if it can do that in Legacy and it's already tailored to that, it could probably stop the fast decks in, in Classic 2 if I, you know, fortify it enough. So that's, that's what I'm thinking about doing. I think I'm going to Try something different. That'd be pretty nifty, I will admit. Yeah, well, let's hope you uh, make back-to-back -back finals. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. I'm not expecting that. So, uh, rounding up the event, we've got four Oath decks, two Workshops, two Dredge, one Green-White Hate, and Illusions, Affinity, Control Gush, uh, Jace Raider Bob, Hermit Druid, the blue-red standstill deck, and then a casual deck. Pretty pretty diverse metagame, but uh, Oath of Druids, only one made the money out of four. Yeah, that's not good, 25% pull-through. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not super good. Um, so onto the deck text, we've got standstill, which uh, for the people who click on the article, there's also a video detailing all the, all the gameplay that um, Angel of Righteousness did to get to 3-1. But uh, we've seen this deck before. It's been a couple of months, but this was the deck that Shockwave was running. Um, I know that most of us kind of beleaguered it a little when we saw it, 
But given how the format has changed in those few months, what do you guys think about this deck now? Um, I think it's good. I think one of the nice things about it is the Ratchet Bomb and the Neb Disc are really good both against Fish and against uh, Shop. And, you know, Shop, most of their sphere effects are... Uh, or some of their spear effects are non-artifact, and that can make a big difference when you're playing like four mana artifact. It's it's kind of nice. Um, I I'm I'm saying I'm thinking of running something you know not drastically different than this. I I think it's a good choice right now. So in place of the the nefts and the chip bombs, you're going to be running pernicious deed and splashing into black for a bit of discard and the future effects. Uh, you know, I don't really run discard, but I do splash into black for another spell that's really good against the field, which is uh, Maelstrom Pulse. And, yeah, I, I, I think it's um, it's definitely something different, so I might give that a shot. I think this, though, is really good. The, the other thing that I changed this guy has, which is the standstill. And in Legacy... Ancestral Visions is the card. I love it. It's actually replaced Standstill. But I think Classic is so fast and so move-dependent that I think Standstill is actually a better card. Um, yeah, because you can you can easily suspend Visions on turn one and, you know, lose the game before it resolves. Exactly, yeah. You can, you can definitely lose the game before four full turns go by. So, uh, congrats, Angel. And uh, next we have the, our clanmate, Wild Dog, with uh, Fake Stitcher Dredge. And this looks like it's one of the decks that's starting to gain popularity in Vintage, maybe even actually the Vintage Champs list. And uh, this one's built to primarily go off on turn two every game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, this list looks pretty good. Um, the Fate Stitchers are kind of like the scariest thing in this deck. I mean, it's kind of... Uh, good that you have that pictured, pictured because uh, that's kind of the combo. Bizarre Bag Baghdad Fate Stitcher is just ridiculous in a deck like this. Uh, you get a Sun Titan, get another Bizarre Bag. I mean, you just start stacking those effects, and uh, it, it's it's ridiculous. You guys, I mean, have you you played a lot against this version a lot? Uh, no, this is the first time I've seen it, but I understand how Dredge works and. I understand what this deck's trying to do. Okay, I'm going to pitch in with a, probably a naive comment now, but uh, the face stitcher version is meant to be kind of very aggressive, very fast, and uh, win the game quicker than, than traditional dredge matchups. But in classic, where well, we've got four copies of Lion's Eye Diamond, I wonder if that's not a better avenue to go down for um, a really aggressive version of dredge. Well, see, the problem with running Lion's Eye Diamond instead of uh, the Lotus Petal is that in post-board games, you still need the Lotus Petal, and you still absolutely need the cards in your hand to, dis uh, to destroy Graveyard Hate. Yeah, I was thinking more in place of the Fate Stitcher. No, because you go turn one, bizarre, you know, discard some cards, and then dredge. And then you play either a land or a Lotus Petal, and you unearth the Fate Stitcher, untap the bizarre. Dredge again. You may have hit some Narcomoebas by now. And then you Dread Return for some Titan and bring back another, um, what's it called? Bizarre of Baghdad. And then you bring all of your Blood Gaths into play with the Sun Titan trigger. You Dredge again and then you, uh, Dread Return for the Flamekin Zealot. Now, 
I, I know where you're going with this, Andy, and i got to admit I kind of like it. Uh, I think one thing that I do disagree with is it wouldn't be for the Fate Stitchers. I'd love to use the... the if you're playing LEDs, you want to kind of have two things. You want to obviously discard your hand, but you also want to use the mana. And I would keep those Fate Stitchers because it makes blue, and more importantly, I'd totally add Deep Analysis. And LED deep analysis fate stitcher combo seems pretty redonky bonkers. Um, I could see that being really good too. Um, so and his sideboard has stuff for everything. Yeah. I. Uh, this is the wild dog, right? Yes. Man, his his hate fighting is second to none. I've never seen a dredge deck with that kind of hate fighting. Uh, his hate fighting and everything is awesome. Uh, the Wild Dog is a really tough opponent in post-board games. He always has the right stuff in his sideboard for the matchup. Yeah, it's it, it was pretty impressive. I mean, looking at his deck here, he has one Nature's Claim main, one Chain of Vapor main, and that doesn't seem like very much, but then you look in the sideboard and you're like, oh, three Wispmare, two Nature's Claim, another Chain of Vapor, <laughs> Ancient Grudge for the artifact hate. I don't know how he ever... I guess, oh, you know what, I'm thinking that was Fire Spout. I was like, how does he ever cast that? But yeah, Firestorm no, stick. Firestorm. Yeah, that's a sick card. I mean, it, that's that's gonna something that's going to take out all those fishy fish, so nice, yeah, nice spell there. And it, deals, and it deals with Jailer as well. Yeah. Yeah, Jailer's a house. I reckon um, the Wild Dog has got a really high penetration into the money ratio. Yo, oh yeah, he's uh, he's in the top eight. I think he's in fourth or fifth place. I don't think that would surprise me at all. He's solid. But in terms of, like, every time he plays, he seems to be, you know, consistently making the money, I guess. Yep. yep. I, I just don't know if he plays enough events to actually kind of be competing for the for the player of the year, but he, every time he plays, he does well. So, yeah, um, not to him. He plays, in, he plays in most of the events on the weekends. If, the, if there's an event, you know, 80% of the time, he's there. Cool. So, uh, and then right below the... The deck caps, we have the standstill video, and hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, I really recommend you guys check the video out, and uh, th thanks a lot, George, for putting it together. It was really cool to see uh, a different deck battling in, in Classic, and uh, to see the uh, the good times that this this pilot had. Um, I, I do feel uh, it was a little bit fortunate in places. Uh, you'll see from watching the videos, I won't give too much away. Um, but it, yeah, it's certainly good to see him... Uh, taking on the field with uh, something um, a little bit out of the ordinary. So thanks, thanks very much. Definitely. So, uh... So go ahead. So I was going to say, Innistrad is still uh, bashing out some uh, good spoilers, and uh, some of them are, are likely going to have an impact on, uh, on Classic. Um, as the spoilers have been slow rolled, we've had a look at Snapcaster Mage, and we've had a look at... Um, uh, laboratory maniac, but now today we've got two other cards um, which could could also have some some influence over classic in the coming months. And the first one is uh, which bane orb. So George, do you want to talk us through this and how you see it impacting the environment? All right. So which bane orb is a four mana artifact uh, that happens to be a rare. And its game text is when which bane orb enters the battlefield, destroy all curses attached to you which has nothing to do with Classic. But then the next line is, you have Hexproof. So basically, Witchbane Orb is a colorless 
castable Leyline of Sanctity for workshop decks and pretty much every deck to help stymie Oath of Druids and Storm Combo. Seems pretty good. So from a, again, from a naive person who's not been keeping up with things, what are curses? A new subtype of enchantments. Uh, you enchant a player and then the curse does something negative when something is fulfilled. Like one of the curses is two black three and all creatures that, uh, enchanted player controls get minus one, minus one. Cool, but none of these curses so far are uh, sort of classic or legacy viable. No, and I don't really expect anything from this set. Maybe, maybe in one of the other two sets of the block, if they continue with the curses, they might put something in that is aggressively costed and decent in our formats. Cool, but I guess having having hexproof is a pretty big thing in the format, especially at four mana, like you say, in a workshop deck. Um, that is easily coming down on turn two. Uh, that is huge. That is huge. Now, Oath of Druids is going to have to uh, fight a little bit harder to go turn two Witchbane Orb. Sweet. What's the art like? John Avon's one of my favorite artists. Um, we don't have these actually confirmed by Wizards of the Coast. These two are confirmed by um, MTG Salvation. So... We don't have pictures. We don't know if it is 100% accurate, but they're usually pretty good about putting cards in the spoiler that are real. Good stuff. Now, I think this card will see a lot of play in, in Vintage, too, because you guys know the main difference between uh, like this and something like Leyline of Sanctity that makes this better. You can still target yourself with stuff like uh, Ancestral Recall. And yeah. Absolutely. So Hexproof seems like it would be pretty good. Um, another interesting thing about Witchbane Orb and Hexproof is that if you have this down on the table, uh, you can't be targeted by Hercules Recall. Yeah, unless... Yeah, exactly. So not only does it turn off Oath of Druids and Storm, it also turns off the failsafe of the Vintage Workshop uh triangle which is Hercules recall yep so i mean it, it definitely has a lot of neat things about it i mean i guess wouldn't uh leyline of sanctity would turn off recall too right uh it would but you can't cast leyline of sanctity in a workshop deck oh i agree so very cool i think that's a uh, kind of card that's going to see a lot of play what about the uh, next card there so next up is Silence of the Stone. One colorless mana, one white mana. It's an enchantment, a rare in the set, and it's basically a null rod. Um, the wording is slightly different, but it, what it says is artifact abilities cannot be activated. Um, so pretty cool. Um, yeah, so if you had to rate these cards side by side, it's hard to say which one is strictly better. Null rod can be cast in any deck, so it wins on the casting cost. But Null Rod is also an artifact which is prone to more hate than enchantments are in the format. Yeah, I mean, it. the, the thing is, it's functionally just as good. Um, like you're saying, the wording might be different, but I think it's the exact same uh, outcome. But, yeah... 
the scary thing, it's kind of a trade-off. Because, yeah, enchantment, I think you're right. I think it's better than artifact. But one and a white is strictly worse than than two. You know, especially considering, like, vintage. And even classic white's not a color that's played a ton. If you are going to play it, it's going to be kind of risky in your deck. Because it's going to be, uh... I think someone like Green White Hate might play this, but then you have stuff like uh, the two white mana dude who comes into play and he removes an artifact or enchantment. Is that May remove or have to remove? Because it's uh, I believe it's May. If it's May, it's not a big deal, but I, I'm pretty sure it has to have a target, and that's one of the reasons you don't want to play it too early. Well, yeah, I mean, this I mean the same, you have the same argument with Nullrod, too. I guess, yeah. And this dodges Kataki's War Mage as well, which is also uh, a great card for the the white green hate bear decks. Um, and then the big the big thing is is that Nullrod. A week ago, Nullrod was forty six. This week, it's thirty nine. But Silence of Stone is going to be a ticket or less, or functionally the same card. Yeah. So, I could see this being a pretty big player in the format. I could also see that being one of the cards you might want to consider picking up for that price because Lodestone Golem was that cheap for a long time. Yes, yes it was. So was Thorn of Amethyst was 75 cents forever. You're talking about the foil? No, the regular. Uh, it's still cheap, dude. It's 60 cents right now. Oh, Thorn of Amethyst, is that cheap still? Yeah, I know because I'm going to get four. Oh, well, uh... I, I do know that Thorn of Amethyst foils were like $3. Yeah, and they were cheap forever, too. Um, but yeah, so this this will be a card that, you know, people will play. Yeah. If, if there's a need for it. It's it's kind of dependent on standard, I guess. I mean, if it'll be more expensive the, the better it is in the environment. I don't see artifacts being a big deal, so I assume this will stay pretty cheap. Yeah, but I mean, what's the most expensive for rare of recent times has got two in a set? Um, what do we what do we got? Rares or mythics? No rares. I mean, this is at the moment. If this is correct, this is a rare. And um, rare, rare suddenly get over seven or eight tickets these days. I think the last card that I know of that got that high was a uh, spell Skype at ten dollars for a little while. It still is. It still is. Yeah. So, yeah, there, I and, don't see and, Silence um, being that good, though. That Scouting artifact land, too, the one that turns into the Infector, that's like seven bucks. Oh, all right. Um, oh, the so yeah. Steel Collade, the Clonade. No, the Ink Moth Neck, the Blink Moth, Ink Moth Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as a result of Marvin. Oh, well, I said those Those are just a couple of uh, Innistrad cards. Did you guys see anything in the spoilers that you uh, liked besides these? Only the ones we've covered already, but I've not been religiously keeping up with the spoilers this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like Andy there. I've been kind of hands off. I want to be surprised. Um, oh. there's a there's a couple of cards that I like that are just cards, not for classic. But uh, they made a green swords to plowshares, which I find to be awesome. What? Uh, it's one green instant target creature. You control fights target creature and opponent controls. And fight is the new keyword for um, when two creatures deal damage to each other. That is not good. <laughs> it, it's not for, good for classic, but it will be spectacular in standard. <coughs> uh, maybe. Do, do they tap when they fight? 
Uh, I do not believe so. Hmm. I could see fighting classic. I think fight is literally translated what that, uh, that land from Onslaught did, the contested cliffs. Yep. Uh, oh, and, also, and also Arena from before that. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, I think that's a pretty cool card. Yeah. Um, and one, you know, in conjunction with Beast Within and the two different Garricks, maybe there's a mono green control list in standard, <laughs> which I find would be pretty cool. It's kind of cool that people are starting to see how awesome Beast Within is now that it's getting played in, like, every format. I love me Beast Within. My favorite card from the set. I like Beast Within a lot. While we're on cards and kind of prices and stuff, Jace the Moon Sculptor is spiking again. I can only assume people are speculating that he may be um, unbanned in modern or something, but he's up to close to 50 tickets again. Um, I could definitely see people speculating after the results of Pro Tour Philly where Jace the Mind Sculptor, even if he were legal, wouldn't have done jack crap in the event. Um, so I can see that, but also Jace the Mind Sculptor is still amazing in Legacy. And he's pretty darn good in Classic, but let's be honest, Classic isn't driving the price of, of a lot of these high-priced cards. Yeah, agreed. I don't think it is. I mean, uh, I think some of these cards, though, they're just... I really like how they're making some of these new cards so powerful. It's really neat. Even, it is nice, because it helps shake up the, uh, the, the format. Yeah, even our formats. I mean, when these cards get played, they take the place of something else. They're either better or they're functionally superior in some way. Um, yeah. I think we've seen enough from Innistrad to be able to kind of uh, make a sweeping statement that's going to have an impact on Classic. Oh, yeah. A very real impact. I, I yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. I think it's going to be the real deal. And we still have like 70 cards to see yet. Yeah. So I hope, hopefully there's a gem in there. I, I'd, I'd love to see something that just like blows us away, like a an artifact that would be, you know, as good <laughs> at mana acceleration as the... the Restricted ones we have right now, and we'd get it unrestricted or something like that. You know what I mean? No way. They their formula for moxes is like every five years. Uh, well, I'm not even just saying mox. What I'm saying is something like a a, a new age mana vault or, or mana crypt or soul ring or obviously not that powerful, but it could be something like that too. What about okay? So if we're gonna play. Um, awesome card. What if it was a two mana artifact that tapped for and tapped for a colorless mana for each creature in your graveyard? Tap for creature. Eh. I don't think it would it'd be, see a lot of play. It would be really good in standard modern, possibly legacy. You might even be able to build a deck around it in classic. I don't know. I think it would be really tough to build around. It's interesting. Do you, do you think the um, the new Nullrod could be part of a kind of cycle, a really powerful cards from the past, which are being realigned to a different card type? Oh, kind of like the Maguses from uh, Time Spiral Block? Yeah. That would be pretty awesome if it were that way. So, yeah, well, like one in each a, color? Well, if there's like... Uh, so they've gone like basically a really old artifact Nullrod and shifted it to an enchantment. 
I wonder if there's like, say, a really powerful enchantment in the game that they've now shifted to an artifact and, you know, just kind of mixed up some old cards with a bit of flavoring and change, change their card type on them. Like, to match the color better? Because I got a perfect one. Go on then. Alright. Instead of Ancestral Recall, it's a black sorcery that costs one and you lose three life to draw three cards. No way! <laughs> <laughs> no way! Um. Do you know what is a pretty nifty card that they uh, color shifted, Andy, now that you say that? Uh, there is a one red instant. Just red mana, that's it. It's one casting cost. And its game text is add three red to your mana pool. Sacrifice uh. a creature. Sacrifice a creature. Oh. Okay. Um, a dar- uh, wait, wait, wait. What, what, what was ritual, it? Though. What, what was it? Red mana to cast and sacrifice a creature, add three red mana to your mana pool. I'm trying to think if Dredge could play that because that would be ridiculous with goblin tokens or zombie tokens. Uh, I absolutely think Dredge could play that. That could be ridiculous. If they want the mana, they can absolutely... Especially with, like, Blood Gas? You know what else it could possibly see play in is, um, a Belcher deck. What, like, Empty the Warns? Yeah, like, if you're running, you know, Tinder Walls or Ornithopters or Wild Canters or anything that you could just sacrifice to get three mana instead of one or two. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't see that. Belcher wanting to run stuff like that, though. Like... You know, bad creatures to be able to do that. Uh, I would. You know what else it would be good with is uh, get a um, Xanthid Swarm on the table, attack with it, and then post combat sacrifice it to that red ritual. Yeah, that seems pretty good. So, I mean, maybe that card has some potential, but not like these other four cards that we've looked at. So, it'll be kind of interesting to see how those uh, affect the format moving forward. Uh, what do we got oh. next? We got Zach. Yay! So, I've been... I've been... Uh, we started the top eight this week for the Classic League. And um, right now, I'm just... Uh, I played the top eight match versus uh, a really nice guy. This guy, Shantry Gilbert. Uh, he was running... Shops, and he was running a version that scared the living crap out of me. He was running um, all the spheres, um, four metamorphs main, and just to make it a little worse, four duplicates in the side. And when your win condition and your only win condition is four uh, emeralds, kind of scary. But that's beside the point. Um, right now. Uh, I started the match, and it was a little bit scary. Um, game one, he just beat the living tar out of me. I had to mulligan to five. I had hands that would have been capable against almost anything except for shops. Like, I had one that was um, two petals, mystical tutor, and uh, emerical. I mean, it's really sketchy still because you need to draw land. But, you know, mystical for channel, bam, emerical. It's just not feasible running against them on the draw or... Yeah, on the draw. So they got the first play. First game, I mulligan to five, three lands, two mental missteps. He plays, uh, he eventually gets Crucible, Strip Mine, and um, Lodestone Golem, and that was game. Game two, I got the Nuts Hand. I got Turn One, Forbidden Orchard, Lotus Petal Oath. Good game. I was saying before we started, <laughs> at least we're getting to game three. And um, 
game three, it kept a super sketchy hand. It kept a hand that was uh, Underground Sea, Tropical Island, uh, Beast Within, Channel, Imperial Seal, and two Oath of Druids. And my luck was that he played uh, turn one, not a workshop, but a City of Traders, Soul Ring, Crucible. He didn't drop the turn one sphere. And that kind of made me think that he didn't have a two-drop sphere, because it would have been obviously the right play to play that first. So I used the black mana from my land, Imperial Seal, I got a Lotus Petal, and uh, I was right, he played a Lodestone Golem, which only inhibits non-artifacts. So I got to play my Petal for free, and I had enough mana to play my Oath of Druids since I went for the Petal instead of anything else. And if I'd gone for the Crypt, I would have died, because I ended the game at four life, so... Got lucky, and now I'm in the top four, so soon uh, we'll see what's going to happen. Fantastic. Well done. Thanks, guys. So I, I looked at your hand for game three, and I probably would have mulliganed it for fear of the turn one sphere, so good job. Yeah, I, it, it was really risky. I mean, if he had either sphere, he has, the thing is, when you talk about 12 or 13 sphere or whatever, you mostly forget about that one of those spheres... You know, 33% of the time is going to be the 4-drop. So, I got lucky. I mean, that's all there is to it. So, that that's good. Top 4. Congrats and good luck. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, hopefully I'll be in the finals here soon. We'll see what, what happens. Anything else, guys? Um, there's just a quick reminder um, of the Cancer Daily events on uh, on Saturday at 12, 12.30 uh, Eastern. Um, that's uh, 5.30 in, in the UK. On uh, And then there's another event on, on, on Sunday at 6.30pm uh, Eastern, um, 11.30 in the UK. And so please come and join the, join the Cancer Daily events, help them fire, and uh, keep, keep things ticking along. And uh, as always, we want to uh, thank the sponsor, mtgotraders.com, and our hosts, puremtgo.com. So thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. See you in seven. See ya. Have a good one.